Hello! Happy Friday, uh, if you're listening on a Friday. If you're listening another day, uh, happy Friday. Anyway, <laughs> thanks. Topic covers quite a bit of stuff. It's a super long uh, session, so strap in. Uh, obviously, skip around as necessary, but uh, we've broken it up into four-ish, keyword on the ish, uh, sections. Uh, but the main topic for the night is hints for players or what dealing with roleplay heavy characters and combat heavy campaigns. We also talk about your responsibilities as players, the DM on that topic, and the inverse topic of uh, heavy combat characters in roleplay campaigns. There's a lot of talking. We have a whole bunch of people with us tonight, so it's super fun. Anyway, I hope you all enjoy, and I'll do a tucky-tucky at the end as per the usual. Should pop up in the near future. I'm also going to... Start recording because we are close enough to the start point. So I'll minimize that. Pop this out to full screen, maybe. Hey, it worked today! Yay! <clears throat> so I'm gonna I'm gonna do the little intro here. Hello, welcome to tonight's uh, late night classroom. Uh, tonight I'm joined with three people uh, on the board. We might have some more to join us later because we're officially starting in a whopping two minutes. Uh, but tonight's topic is simple tips for helping. Roleplay heavy characters fit in or play better in uh, combat heavy campaigns. We'll probably do a little bit of back and forth so it'll cover both types of characters just to make life simple or easy, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but that's what we're going to do tonight and we're going to see how it's going to go. Um, hey, Twitch says, manage directly from your phone. That means it should post in other places shortly. So, um, as per the usual forum, um, I'm going to start talking and then I'll ask questions and we'll kind of go through. Uh, a couple different sections, as we'll call it, just because that's the easiest way to break this down. So, first things first. What is a roleplay heavy character? What is a combat heavy character? Those are really easy. So, roleplay heavy characters uh, are characters that have focused all of their rolling talents, quote-unquote, uh, on passing skill checks, right? If your character has anything like, let's say mid-level. We'll start both of these character types at level 10, though these hints should help with from 1 to 20, for D&D specifically. Other systems will follow the same terms, so I'm not going to worry about the levels, but D&D is the easiest one because 1 to 20 is easy to remember. So at level 10, if your character has more than 10 in a skill that isn't swinging their sword at somebody, um, you're probably a roleplay heavy character, right? If you have multiple of those skills... You are definitely a roleplay character. Um, and this, again, this is roleplay heavy. Having one skill that's pretty high, that you're a specialist. You got this. Uh, but if you have three to five uh, skills above ten, you are you are ready to incite the heck out of somebody. Or charm, or deceive, or intimidate. You know, usually it's going to be those charisma heavy characters. Not always, right? Because there's plenty of paladins that are, I am charisma based, but also sword. Um... But the ones that specifically focus on, uh, usually a lot of bards do this. Some wizards get into it really well. Um, classes like fighter don't lend themselves to it, but they can. Uh, really depends on DM and campaign and all that fun stuff. But uh, the easiest identifier is if you have multiple skill checks that are above 10 by 10. Right? Easy metric to remember there. Um, so these characters generally, to do those extra fun things... Uh, tend to have less stuff in their combat abilities. They focused on all their stats and upgrades and things for those first two or three upgrades. Oh, excuse me. 
uh, in their talking skills, right? And maybe for some campaigns it's really good because you got to talk your way out of fighting or killing everyone you see is generally frowned upon. There's not a lot of goblins to fight. Whatever your campaign is for the roleplay campaigns that you're trying to do. Uh, but sometimes people just like those characters because they're fun to play, right? And when they do get to roleplay, they're great characters uh, to mix things up with. But they might be terrible in combat. Um, and from a player's perspective, right? Uh, switching to the next session. As a player, using these characters in those games... Uh, in roleplay heavy games here, sorry, I'll focuses so as a player playing a roleplay heavy character in a heavy combat game something that you can do to help things is suggest to your dm like interesting stuff to do on your turn right so like uh, a good example uh, or a bad example we're gonna say this is a bad example uh seduce the dragon right is something that is a joke a meme at this point um but like seduction in combat isn't necessarily impossible right and especially if you suggest it the right play way so you let's say you're a bard of knives or something to that effect right uh, if you're running around fighting someone off and you're like i'm gonna try and seduce this person that doesn't mean you're not swinging your sword at them it just means you're flirting while you're swinging your sword um and if you have multiple attacks maybe you replace one of your attacks with a skill check um, again, that's not necessarily rules as written, and you'll have to homebrew just a little bit, but that is a solution to add to things. Um, I know for a general rule at my table, to seduce something or, or to animal uh, check a creature, uh, you have to succeed three times in a row without another character making an attack. So, like, you as a player have to call it, like, don't hit this person, I'm trying to tame them. Uh, you can use tame against a person or uh, a creature, and you'll get an interest reaction from your DM. Either way, guaranteed. Um, but that's, you know, uh, using those two scouts basically interchangeably, same kind of thing. To, just because you are taming an animal doesn't mean you're necessarily putting your hands like, hey, hey, sometimes you grab a quote-unquote dog by the head and, like, hold it down until it calms down, right? Um, you can still get physical and aggressive with something without necessarily doing damage. Um, and those kind of things are what you're going to need to do to make those roleplay characters' skills be usable in combat relatively easy. And generally, 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 your DM will allow that kind of stuff because it's cool, right? Um, for the most part, most DMs, good quotations here, are going to go over cool over whatever else, right? And if things go wrong and you can't do things and the headlock you try to do on every enemy always fails, well, that's just a character thing that makes your character a little bit interesting and you just suck at combat. But you can talk your way out of paper bag. Whatever. Um, but uh, some other skills uh, that you could use in combat that'll help those roleplay heavy characters. Uh, stuff that doesn't get could get brought up by like let's say those fighters or things like that uh, is making sure that you are interacting with any environmental stuff your DM throws out for you. So if they talk about boxes or chairs or boulders or things like that, using your athletics and acrobatics checks to uh, jump around and uh, pick things up, I mean, and toss them or just jump over them so if you have space so you can yell or do things, um, can be use those other skills better. Using history checks to figure out what kind of weapons people are using or nature checks to figure out what kind of animal you have that you're fighting. Um, you know, stuff rangers could use, you know, their turn to bonus action. Hey, animals, slow that person down while I try to figure out what the heck it is. You know what I mean? Even if they're roleplay heavy and not necessarily combat, them being able to tell enemies where a weak point is or what they're weak to or whatever 
uh, could be invaluable to your party's success. Um, characters like monks that are relatively, we'll say, passive. If you're playing a passive monk, right? I don't hit people, I just dodge. Well, you make sure when you're on your turn you use the dodge action. Uh, but when you are doing so, right, let's say you don't use combat for some reason because that's just how you're building your character, which I don't suggest, by the way, but some people are like that and it might add flavor to your character. Uh, or maybe you don't throw a punch until something hits you. Whatever. Cool beans. Uh, oh, hey, someone's talking. What's good, Manji? Got you tabbed. Hey, I appreciate you. You're the best. I'm listening. I'm looking at Twitch, I swear. Feel free to feel free to talk and I'll answer questions. Anyway, sorry. Um, I lost where I was going with that. Monk! Right. Um, again, using dodge and things like that. Um, and remembering to talk as your character. When you're on your turn, you're allowed to say stuff. Just be like, I'm talking in character. I'm taunting in character. Um, you know, some DMs might make taunting be its own action, so you'll have to use some kind of check for that, which, again, would allow you to use something you might be good at uh, to to do talky roleplay stuff during combat, and it might have some statistical advantage. Um, again, I stray away from I'm straying away from talking about bards too much, but bards have this in plethora. You know, singing songs might help with healing, things like that. A lot of it will probably be homebrew. Um, unless and again, unless you're playing with a raw DM, even still, you can still make a skill check as an action. Um, now, mind you. Uh, you'll probably have to suggest something for them and the effect for them if they're raw because raw DMs don't, you know, come up with stuff off on the fly very often, but that's okay. Um, obviously, talking to your DM is going to be important. Now, before I move on to the next section, which is going to be DMs talking about stuff, uh, do you have any questions, comments, concerns on players, player actions and whatnot? So, Bardic Inspiration. Excuse me. Bardic Inspiration, yeah, so I mean, that's a built-in support mechanism that you should be doing, right? And uh, I really, in recent while, right, especially for roleplay-heavy stuff, uh, have appreciated seeing bards that aren't just singers or dancers or whatever. Um, we had a bard that was a cook not that long ago in one of my campaigns, and his Bardic Inspiration was like he threw a taco at you or a uh, cheese sandwich or something, and it was so good that it inspired you. Um... I think he was a uh, creation bard, so like the uh, the thing, the inspirations had extra effects as well. Um, and that's another thing. Again, if you're if you're gonna be a roleplay heavy character, make sure you're interesting. Uh, make sure that you're fun. You know what I mean? Don't just be like I just talk all the time and don't do anything useful. There's nothing I'm good at, and that's why I'm interesting. Um, because no one likes that. No one no one likes intentionally bad characters. Now, I'm not saying you have to min-max everything, obviously, if you have a design or whatever. Go with the aesthetic. That's cool. Uh, but don't hinder yourself to, to hit the aesthetic. Anyway, continue. Sorry. Any other comments? I mean, bard here. So, <laughs> uh, we're playing uh, Out of the Abyss, and I'm a creation bard, and I took... So, we have the... rest of the party is all combat-oriented. We have a mm -hmm. Circle of the Moon Druid, we have um, a sorcerer. We have a samurai fighter. And so they've gone all out on all damage. So my character, all utility. I have two attacking spells. I have Vicious Mockery, and then I have Cloud of Daggers. That's it. Everything is a spell, though. Yeah, everything else is either Bane, Identify, uh, Tiny Hut, anything like that. So instead of being a singer, he's from a court. He's basically... 
um, a half elf parents marriage is you know a marriage of convenience between you know a family treaty and so you know with half elves elves don't like him because he's not pure blood humans don't like him because you know he's half elf so his way of getting through everything is humor so his bardic inspirations his vicious mockeries are all bad one-liners bad puns dad jokes stuff like that that's that's wonderful and bringing uh, excellent point bringing IRL uh, conversation to the table is great um, I know Alexa the you know the thing from Amazon uh, has a, a integration app or whatever they're called uh, called vicious mockery and so whenever I play a bard at my house if I do a vicious mockery I go Alexa vicious mockery and she goes mur, 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 and says something that is generally like haha funny Nothing to fall out of your seat over. But every once in a while she gets the table because it's appropriate. Um, but uh, having actual one-liners or dad jokes or whatever prepped and ready to make combat more interesting when you do stuff will be fun for you because you get to prep a little bit. And you get to see your table's reaction to whatever the appropriate dad joke was at the time. The collective sighs and groans. Yes. I love. Yes, exactly, exactly. And that makes it fun for you, which, you know, uh, that is also important. Probably the most important uh, when you're playing this. Obviously, your table's feelings are valid and necessary, but you're the one that's got to have fun at the end of the day. Um, so playing a roleplay-heavy character could slow that down, but there are ways to jump around it. All right, anything else before I jump on? Aaron, you got anything, or are you good? I will take 10 seconds of silence. Is it silent? Oh, there he is. Okay. No, no, you're good. Um... In the future, if you don't want to say anything, just like turn your mic off and on really quick. I don't know how fast you can do it, but if your phone's handy, if not, don't worry about it. Um, bu- 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 all right, so as the end, uh, you can see on Twitch screen, my mouse is going crazy because I got nothing to do with it. Anyway, so from a DM's perspective, how do you make a RP heavy character fit well in your campaigns? And as a DM, is your responsibility to cater to your table, right? Um, obviously, if you're going to allow a roleplay heavy character at your table, good. But you have to, you know, prep for it. Give them sections to shine, right? When they are not in combat, let them be the one that talks to the dude who's paying for a job to get everyone extra money. Or to be like, hey, that job was really hard. You should throw in some items. Make them do a couple checks, you know what I mean? To where they can showcase their persuasion or whatever they're trying to do, right? Um, Or if you're having a secret bad guy, give them an insight check. Maybe be like, hey, Barty Bart, since you have a 7 in insight, why don't you make a roll? Because no one else's passive insight is that good. And let them make a roll and win, fail, draw, whatever. Tell them that the guy they're dealing with isn't so good. Um, you don't necessarily have to tell them how bad or what's wrong with them, but just letting them know there's something off about them will give them time to either grill the person or let the big guy with an axe go, Hey, whack him. We need to talk to him. You know, whatever. Um, so, uh, with that, uh, again, refocusing, sorry. The uh, thought behind it is that you should highlight that character once a session at a minimum, depending on how many you have. You know, I mean, if you got three roleplay heavy characters and a heavy combat arcane and there's only four characters total, you as a DM need to switch your campaign. Even if you're really good at combat, your table said they want roleplay. Roleplay for them, please. 
do the silly voices, they'll smile. Um, and that's not to say that tables don't change over time. You know what I mean? Uh, sometimes you start out as a super heavy uh, combat campaign and switch over into a roleplay once you get higher level because it's like, ah, every single enemy we fight goes down in two routes. So combat's kind of silly. But now we can talk to kings and queens and run around uh, up there and uh, have conversations all the time and we have to be sneaky and polite and not get beat up by the su super spies. Um, all that's important. RJ, it sounds like you're trying to say something. What's up? Uh, no, I, I had to take a phone call, sorry. Oh, okay. I, I, I was going to say, uh, beyond the, uh, um, like so all the support things you do, distraction or um, observation and, and then like inputting, hey, there's a guy hiding behind the crate or Everybody shift left, or you know that. I mean, kind of being like the general, kind of helps people that are not combat intensive be more useful. Mm, okay, so so uh, kind of off center, but that's something that uh, combat heavy characters can do as well, right? And they can throw in directions to help the non role play people to be in the most advantaged position, so they're not just you know cowering behind cover the entire time. Um. Or, or the roleplay heavy characters, yeah, definitely give commands and things like that. And again, there can be homebrew mechanics that add benefits to that, um, or extra bonuses for advantage or disadvantage or whatnot, uh, could or should be handed out. Now, jumping back to the DM, when your players do stuff like that, reward the creativity. Because once you start seeing that the roleplay heavy character starts getting cool things when they're like, I use a taunt, and now they have a disadvantage, and I didn't even have to cast a real spell. You'll notice that your combat-heavy characters will also do some of those things every once in a while. Now, if you have a, a roleplay character that just throws chairs, the barbarian's going to think, Hey, that's a great idea. Let me throw this table. And it'll be funny because then you'll just be throwing bar stools everywhere. And that'll just make you all giggle, which is important. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, as a DM, right, your focus with roleplay intensive characters is to give them a spotlight every once in a while, especially in combat heavy stuff. Um, when they need or want to be dramatic, like they've been stabbed or wounded and uh, they need help, let them be, ah, save me, please, I don't want to die. Let them have their moment. If they're dying, let them have a monologue um, and then tell them to make a combat character. Uh, <laughs> uh but for real, uh, when they get that chance to, to have their spotlight, don't take it from them just because you don't want to deal with it. Because um, that's not fair to the player. Uh, it's not fair to the table. You know what I mean? Because sometimes, uh, like the one-lining jokes, right? Uh, sometimes characters are there for comic relief because you're playing a serious campaign, but, you know, you got to have Bender in the background. You know I'm the best, baby. Whatever. Have yourself a Bender in your group. Call it good. Um... This also applies to characters that just roll terribly. Um, yeah, if you got a player that might be set up one way or the other as a combat-heavy or roleplay-heavy character, but they roll twos consistently, um, give them chances to shine on the stuff that they magically happen to roll good at. Um, good example is a uh, player in another campaign, I think... Honestly, it was an offshoot of Descent to Avarice or something very similar to it, right? Uh, we had a bard character that the player rolled twos, twenties, and like 
sevens. Those were the three rolls. They always rolled. Didn't matter. It was going to be one of those three. Well, the 20s didn't happen very often, but when they did, it was always when they were doing a performance. So literally every performance check they did while we were playing this campaign, criticaled or was 1920, ridiculously high, 25 plus, whatever. Um, and so to compensate for that, uh, well, they got to do a lot of performances because that made them feel good. Because in combat, they just like, they didn't do much. Or uh, there was also another character that had very similar uh, build types. Like they were different species, but they were really close on how they behaved and acted and what types of uh, utility they took all kind of fell in line with each other. Um, except for obviously one was a bard who was much better at performance. So the performance stuff made them feel important, which they were. Like, they were they were a good character in the group, don't get me wrong. Um, but they were definitely not the, the combat-heavy person. But outside of combat, they shined because they got to do performances and make money and whatnot. So, like, if we didn't get a lot of treasure uh, during fights, we'd go into one of the, you know, hell towns and she'd perform for food to make sure we all ate and didn't die. Um, which was great. I mean, made her super important as a character to keep alive and not feel uh, happy when she got murdered, because that was upsetting. Um, let's see. So, talked about players' responsibilities and DM's responsibilities. Um, going to the DM's, any other questions, comments, stories from uh, you four? Three? There's three of you, sorry. Well, four, because someone's on Discord, or uh, Twitch, too. If he's listening. Oh, I've been disconnected from chat. How dare you, Twitch? Trying to trying to have a conversation here. Anyway, Twitch, no, Twitch, I swear I'm listening. Wow, that was real loud. The chitlins, they'd be banging on my door. That sounded like another call. So anyway, questions, comments, concerns? I will take the silence as I cover that pretty darn well. Wahahaha. Oh, 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 okay. So that's that's a cool uh, statement that you've never DM'd, but always a player. Yep, never DM'd, just never saw fit to. I just like I like the theory crafting and the character building aspect of D&D and not so much the world building. Mm, okay. Well, you know, one of these days I'll have to get you into our certification program, and then you'll be a confident DM. It'll be great. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, but, okay, so moving on. So now we're going to spend about 20 minutes on this topic. I'm going to switch it around and talk about combat-heavy characters and heavy roleplay campaigns, right? Both from the player's perspective uh, and the DM's perspective. Um, so... This happens way less frequently than most people will realize because most adventures, modules, and DMing styles put combat super heavy. It's been relatively recently where roleplay-heavy campaigns have really popped up. Now, obviously, they've been around forever, right? There's entire games that are just about roleplay. They don't have any combat in them at all. Um, but those styles or whatnot leaking into D&D from, you know, the various role players that are trying and experiencing all this fun stuff that we call TTRPGs, uh, has had an interesting effect where these actually occur. And, you know, some, some groups have no idea that combat is important. You know, they just kind of milestone it. Hey, we talked to the local garrison boss guy and got a level. Uh, we didn't have to kill all the bandits because we made them our friends. Um... 
But anyway, jumping to I've made a barbarian, and barbarian be dumb, and dumb barbarian uh, hit things good. But barbarian is playing with a wizard, an artificer, and a cleric. Um, and they've all decided to be high tier utility. So basically, when there is combat, they all cast seven spells on him and he murders whatever's in front of him. Which is how you should do it. You know, have your players support you. If you're going to be the only combat character, uh, those support characters better make sure you are the most badass attacker ever. Or at least the greatest shield, whatever your flavor of combat uh, that you're playing is. Um, but to get, uh, as a player, to get more enjoyment as a combat-heavy in a roleplay-heavy campaign, um, you got to, or get to, whatever you want to call it, uh, play the fool, you know what I mean? Uh, you get to support, quote-unquote, the smart characters or the talkative characters while you guys are playing. Uh, this will allow, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, this will allow, uh them to have good fun you know what I mean and in the inverse when you do have combat they'll support you right uh and it'll be kind of a symbiotic relationship where you get to ask questions and make them feel smart or whatever you know what i mean in in character um questions you know you as a player might know the answer but if you ask the dumb well should we go through the left door or the right door and let the wizard well if we go this way it's a chance of yada 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 and then you pull a leroy jenkins hilarious um but <laughs> Uh, letting them talk and make checks and things like that on the stuff that you're not good as as a player can make them feel important and good. Because, you know, sometimes those class types don't get a lot of spotlight, right? Um, and if there's a lot of them, sometimes it's really hard to have a spotlight go around uh, all the time. Now, don't, as a player, don't just relinquish your talking role so you just play on your phone until it's time to hit things. Like, be interactive with your with your people. Uh, even if you you're, you have an intelligence of four where you barely speak, you know, let let Grug, the barbarian, just Grug it up. You know what I mean? Ask dumb questions, talk about how pretty rocks. When they talk to you for a second, you nod your head or say no. You know what I mean? Uh, make sure that you're interacting um, is the big important takeaway from that. All right. Again, questions, comments, concerns. That was really quick. Then playing a combat heavy and roleplay heavy uh, campaign is really easy to talk about. Anything? Uh, questions, comments, concerns, ideas? Oh, I mean, it can go both ways. I mean, look at a look at a battlemaster fighter. He's both able to, you know, fight really well, but also command everybody in the party and tell them to look out for certain enemies, and then also give them advantages or extra damage on their attacks. So and they kind of play, you know, both parts. Mm -hmm. They may not be the greatest outside of combat for the RP, but in the fight, that's where they would shine the most. Right, you know what, and that's that's totally a way to do it. Um, like we kind of covered on the far side of things, if you built your character to support your yahoos, well, they need your support, cool beans. Um, and in a roleplay-heavy uh, environment, that... Hello, Younger. Uh, that idea, right, or, or setup, uh, could be very important, because then you could kind of shift both ways when necessary, because it would make sense for you to give commanding presence or talk a lot, uh, even if you're not the best or smartest person, you know, you might be the most strategic in the room. And again, you don't necessarily have to play an idiot. Again, that was just a, a example. Uh, just because. Uh, don't be afraid to play smart combat characters. 
Um, all I'm saying is, when you are a combat-heavy character, you, know, you can play the role of the idiot and let the smart people talk. Or charismatic people, because, again, you could be a high-tier charismatic character that's like, I am a sorcerer! I'm very charismatic! I have all these high stats! But uh, I, am the, I am the dumb, and uh, nature eludes me. Uh, you know, don't be afraid to lean into your weaknesses as, uh, for combat-heavy characters, is that one, I guess. Derek, you sound like you got something for us. I was going to make a joke about, in my experience, I haven't encountered a smart combat character yet. Oh, 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 oh man, I got oh, I got okay. I, I to introduce you I to you. some characters. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a semi-light jab at another person in here, as well as a poking fun at their ribs. Oh, I see. I see how it is. All right. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. You know you. You know yourself. I guess I was just never going to cast another heal ever. Uh, tell, listen, tell. Ozu's a godsend in a lifeless sea. <laughs> That's too funny. Uh, to clarify, uh, Raka, I, Raka is one of my players in this game. I do Wednesdays. Yes. Yes, we do. We do sneak in and watch as every once in a while when we're not busy. Um. Okay. Uh, so before I move on to DM responsibilities, dealing with a so on and so forth. Uh, any other thoughts, ideas, stories from the players' responsibility side of things? Just have have everything ready while everybody else is taking their turns. Yes, be engaged, but also be thinking of your next action because the longer you take to do your action, combat slows down and then everybody starts to lose interest. Mm, that is a wonderful point. Again, if you're playing Grug the Barbarian that all you do is punch things. If you're in a roundtable conversation and the DM is going from person to person to person to person, and you have no idea what the last three people were talking about, and you kind of just look up and go, uh, what was going on? You're, I'm going to say mean things to you after the session's over. 100%. Uh, <laughs> so, a general... A definitely, a, it's definitely a brick roll rising in front of a marathon. <laughs> so... As a general rule, always know what the person before you did. Um, because, you know, if you know what they did, you probably knew what they did, so on and so forth. And you're paying attention at that point. It's okay to be on your phone, obviously, but do so responsibly. Um, okay, so jumping into the DM responsibilities as a dealing with a singular roleplay-heavy character in a group of... Sorry, a combat-heavy character in a group of roleplay... Uh, character campaign or just a roleplay heavy campaign whatever um, so you need to make sure you throw in combat you know what I mean again you got to carry to your group even if it's once every couple of sessions where they get to shine or do things uh, also allowing them to perform violence that lets them roll attack rolls outside of combat uh, will probably help them like feel like they're doing something or add to intimidation checks or things like that, um, you're really going to need to uh, lean into letting them be the violent one of the group. Um, not necessarily that your other characters aren't violent yahoos, but letting them be the guy will probably make them feel like they built a character for something useful. Why um, the spotlight right right, right. Like, like I said with the, the other side, give them, give them their chance to shine, spotlight them up. Um, but, I will absolutely say I definitely need to work on a lot of stuff when it comes to appropriate 
addressing the players and stuff like that during D&D. There's still a lot I need to improve on after every session. For the next couple hours or the following day, I'm constantly haunted by what I did wrong and what I need to improve. And then, you know, I just forget them by the time of the next session. <clears throat> never-ending cycle. <laughs> okay, that's, you know, let's let's talk about that. I mean, just as a, as a, as a note, right, or a topic, um, because there are plenty of people that DM in this room that I'm sure feel the exact same way or have that uh, whatnot. Having a what what's called in the army an after action review, right? Um, it really, really helps with that. You know what I mean? That's where you sit your players down or whatever and give them a five. Hey, what was good? What was bad? What did you guys like? What you didn't like? If you can get that feedback from them when it's still fresh in their head and not a week down the line where they're just going to say, oh, it was fine. It was fine. We had fun. Um, that that'll that'll help with that anxiety stuff because if you feel like you did something bad, right? Uh, your players are gonna tell you, "Oh no, it's fine," or they'll be like, "Yeah, that that was that was real bad. Why would you do that to us?" Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, prime example. Go ahead. Prime example. Last last uh, Jake session fighting the dire squirrels. I had a great time. Uh, the players, as younger can attest, did not. They uh the the, the fact that dire squirrels are a thing, uh, or that I made them a thing, was uh, quite upsetting to a couple of the players. Which being a dire squirrel is fine. Being a dire a celestial dire celestial dire... squirrel that deals radiant damage, that that part is uh, extra rude. When they're more powerful than a dire wolf. How large is this dire squirrel? Uh, so they're a swarm enemy. So they're uh, the size oh. of a small dog, but they each enemy counts as three to five squirrels. Noted. Uh, uh, they're... Yeah, no, I'm writing that down. Definitely not planning. <laughs> they, uh, they're super, su- super fun. I hope my players go back and try and fight them again this week because they went in there with like two people had magic weapons. Uh, and uh, if you guys watch the thing, you'll you'll see it, it didn't go well for anybody. Anybody, everyone involved, bad. We had two two of our six players get murdered um, by squirrels. Um, <laughs> really, the was legendary. It was uh, oh, yeah, legendary on how fast we ran away. I haven't seen a party deterred that quickly in quite some time, which was good. It was it was one of those oh hey we're not invincible moments. Uh, which, unfortunately, I don't think this campaign has had a lot of, or has had a lot of. We've, we've lost a lot of characters in the last, like, three sessions. Uh, no, there's only two characters that haven't died yet, and <laughs> the DMs in mine. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, to be fair, t- two of the four deaths recently uh, were requested by the players and were turned into cinematic deaths uh, that served the storyline. But... Uh, I've only killed one character, and that was a clusterfuck in the making. Oh, it did yeah, like that, that was brutal. Uh, but uh, on the note of what we were talking about um, <laughs> in regards to like shining light on players and such, mm-hmm. whenever I played with Roger in my very first D&D campaign, we had a, a player uh, known as Tidball. He played as a barbarian dwarf. And, well, Tidball, as a person is a very quiet subtle and like he's like i hit things (laughs) i hit things sometimes i make things but i mostly hit things um kind of stuff and what i noticed that was a good thing uh that roger did that i try to also implement into my games is in the event of having a uh player you 
uh, we had a very um, active wizard uh, who was played by a, a, a guy named Podgy. Um, he was very much so like the spotlight kind of guy, and Tidball's very like laid back. And but what Roger started doing is implementing uh, time-based turns and such. If if it was needed to be arisen, you know, especially in the event. Combat. Like, hey, you'll have two minutes to decide what spell you're gonna cast. Yeah, like you got two minutes to decide what spell you're gonna cast, or like what actions you're gonna take, so on and so forth. And then we'll move to the next stage of combat. Or like, even when it's not in the combat scenario, and you guys are just role playing, it's like, hey, what are you gonna do when you go into town? Or like, you find yourself like at the apothecary or at the bar. Da da da. da. What are you doing That's, while uh... they're doing this? That's a bit of an issue I, I've run into a couple times where people are, they end up, it ends up becoming like a meta conversation between players as they're deciding what to do. And I have to like quickly pick these up saying, hey, only like five seconds has passed. Or hey, you're talking to this person in a really important conversation. Try and keep in it. Because if I let, if I give you 30 minutes to talk it out amongst yourselves, nothing will get done. So, uh, side note. Just from a DM's perspective on that, right? Um, setting time limits is not necessarily a terrible idea, especially when you have a roleplay-heavy group, um, because that will limit their interactions to, to so long and keep the, the story moving forward. Because acting and being theatrical and having all the fun is great, right? Good, good stuff. Uh, but sometimes it gets a little out there. But on the opposite end, in combat-heavy campaigns, if you don't have a minute timer for your turns right you end up oh hey we have six players so i have to wait five minutes between my turn every single time or whatever mm -hmm. uh and if it goes much further than that you know it can be a hassle um so introducing that to characters that tend to not pay attention or whatever uh isn't terrible you know what i mean and the penalty for them missing the first time should be like hey you skip your turn until the end of the round uh, or whatever, and if they keep doing it, they just, like, lose their turn. You know what I mean? If they're on their phone and it's like, all right, Dan, you it, go. You're, I, don't, I don't care. Throw, throw the fireball. It'll be all right. You know what I mean? Uh, don't be rude, right? Be encouraging. Um, but make sure there is some kind of uh, setup to where, you know, if they are taking forever to do something, or if you're in town, right, outside of combat, uh, if they are shopping for a sword, they don't spend, well, I want this sword. You roll. We don't have that sword. I want this sword. You roll. They don't have it. I want this sword. You roll. They have it. Oh, hey, look. You... Go, sorry, I'm interrupting. Go ahead. You're good. Uh, whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, and once they get their item, right, if they have another person with them, let them look for something, so on and so forth. Um, so they're not just constantly talking. So if they find an item and they're like, oh, it's 500 gold, and they're like, well, I'm going to try and talk them down and all this other stuff, once they succeed or fail, move on to someone else and just be like, all right, we're going to cut scene. I say cut scene a lot in my stuff, uh, but you could say spotlight or whatever term you want to use to be like, hey, we're moving to the next person uh, to keep things rolling and everyone interested. Um, on the flip side of everything I've just said, though, um, to kind of lament or finish before we do questions, comments, stories, concerns. I'm going to start saying it like that now because it sounds fun. Um, sometimes players do not want to talk as their player or IRL. Um, 
you know, sometimes people are having a bad week and are just there because they're your friends or whatever, but they just don't want to deal with, I spend 26 gold on uh, buying whatever. Um, if you feel like your players are having one of those days, talk to them and be like, hey, do you mind if I do the roleplay stuff for you so you don't got to worry about it and you just roll dice when you need to roll dice? Um, or... Well, let's just have your character take a nap while everyone else is shopping. I mean, they don't have to be included if they don't want to be. Um, same goes for combat. If someone doesn't want to do combat because they like need to step away to take a phone call or something like that, random rocks flying out of nowhere and knocking people out are 100% a thing, right? And then when they uh, come back from their phone call, they could wake up, right? Just don't have the snake eat them while they're sleeping. Uh, or whatever creature you are fighting. I mean, if they get knocked out by a story rock, uh, do not then consume them for funsies, because that is rude. Imagine the background cat's whole person. <laughs> right? Yeah, you, you're just stuck there. You got to figure out where the the smell, the quote unquote smell, smell sniper, smell sniper. Actual actual pixie <laughs> pops out and just hits you with a paralyze for funsies, and then flies off. But, uh, Mom, it's an online game. I can't pause it. Right. <laughs> um, so, with that, though, don't implement a quote-unquote pa uh, pause mechanic. Always make it a story-based something. Again, your characters are generally human or humanoid, right? So taking massive damage out of nowhere should, in theory, knock them out, right? Just because they can take a dragon claw to the chest does not mean getting hit in the face with a, a rock hard enough won't knock them out. Or, you know, trip falling and just getting a concussion and have to lay on the ground for the next five minutes, like, recovering. Totally a feasible thing to happen to, to humanoids, for the most part. Uh, out of combat, non-adrenaline, unconscious knockout. Exactly, exactly. Or mid-combat, you know what I mean? You Sometimes you goof up and, like, trip, and then you're out. Or you take a swing at the enemy and they just cut you with a sucker punch. Whatever. Again, make it make sense for your, whatever story you're playing, uh, and it'll be fine. Um, I will say there is a there is a lot I need to personally work on when it comes to uh, distinguishing combat, art, uh, role play, and a lot of stuff like that. There's a lot of effort I still need to go through and uh, get better at. Well, stick around here, friend. Listen to the other podcast. <laughs> Self promo all the way. Oh, okay. Um. Since uh, I can, self-promo time before we do questions, comments, concerns. Actually, I'll do that afterwards. That way, if you guys need to leave, you can. So, uh, questions, comments, concerns, ideas. Uh, I'm going to go in order. We're going to we're gonna do the spotlight person by person. So, RJ, you got anything? Um, yeah, hey, really. I mean, I think you pretty much covered it. There's a, a limited topic. I think you just really did a good job of covering it. Thank you, thank you, appreciate you. Younger, uh, I know you came a little late. Uh, did you think of anything while uh, you were on your escapades? So, um, do you have a, a specific kind of scenario that you're looking for? Because I can come up with one real quick. No, 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 uh, just on just on the topic in general. Uh, so, roleplay-heavy characters in combat-heavy scenarios. <coughs> DM's responsibilities, players' oh, okay. responsibilities, and or just general advice for dealing with roleplay stuff when you are a generally combat-heavy uh, DM. Yeah, so um, I'm I'm a lot more of a combat-heavy DM uh, than Roger. Roger is, you know, he does a lot of combat and stuff, but I definitely, uh, usually the groups that I end up with being very much so more focused on the combat aspects uh, rather than the 
normal social interactions, but I do have to try to implement that in there, show my players that, you know, uh, sometimes the, the monsters also have a <clears throat> heavy role-play aspect, you know, because a lot of monsters have different types of tactics. You know, some of them are intelligent creatures, whether it be dragons or liches. They might have an agenda. You know, you might be able to a nearby hill giant trap if you go and you assist them in procuring food products, things, uh, things like that. A lot of people just say, oh, look, ugly monster, let's go kill it. You know, you have to try to, as a DM, explain uh, to your characters in like in your world you know like some creatures can be reasoned with other ones can't be but also implement as an additional uh, ability to make people be role play you know if you have more character you need to be able to make more emphasis when dealing with draconic beings or if you work with the dwarf, dwarf you need to be able to talk to the azers all right, so besides the terrible crackling, uh, I think you brought up a really good point that we didn't necessarily cover for spotlighting, for DMing, uh, is let your players deal with smart enemies. Um, that will allow the roleplay-heavy characters to have interactions in combat, you know what I mean? Because if they can talk the cowardly goblin, you know, if they speak goblin, uh, to fighting with them for a gold piece or something and turning the tide of battle, that's just as effective as... Uh, killing said goblin. It might even be more effective because what's a gold piece or copper piece or whatever they trade the goblin to be their friend for five minutes. Yeah. Um, that is that is a wonderful topic to bring up and I uh, feel bad that I missed it. <laughs> Alright, uh, Iron. I'm gonna Don't jump. worry, that's why I'm here. That's why you Back up. Appreciate you. Iron, do you got anything for us? And if not, you can just mute and unmute real quick. Yeah, I got a question. Can you Sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, okay, one of the players in my campaign currently, it, I think they lean towards combat. Mm -hmm. um, they're a combat-heavy character. And I think they get bored during the role-playing aspects of it. And I, I, some of the decisions they've started making, I think they're purposefully trying to draw the entire party into combat on a regular basis. Like, oh, I, I open a door instead of checking for traps or... Okay. I, I just attack this group out of nowhere, and, and it kind of draws everyone into combat when they may not have wanted to do that. Okay, so so going to our second half of the conversation, or fourth topic, whatever you want to do it, DM responsibilities uh, with that, right? Because you will have that as an issue if you have a roleplay-heavy group and a roleplay-heavy campaign and then just a singular Yahoo who's good at hitting things. They're going to want to hit things, right? Um, so like I said, let them be violent on the appropriate times it's violence, but it's okay to be like, hey, you, you don't do that. That makes zero sense. Your character's not a completed utter moron. Please play them appropriately. Um, you're allowed to say that kind of stuff as a DM. You know what I mean? Um, right. so, so don't... Or consequences for your actions. Right, but sometimes, right, uh, the consequences for the action is combat, and that's what they want. Um, so unless you go like exactly. ext extreme, hey, you're dead. You opened a trap and it was an instant kill trap. You should have checked it first instead of being a jerk hole. Uh, you know, obviously. Well, that... I meant more, more like something like, oh, maybe they caused trouble in town, and then one of the local guards is actually a mage, and they cast a spell, and maybe your combat heavy character doesn't have the best wisdom save. You know, right? Or they get. They uh, stuck with an arrow that gives them disadvantage on all their strength checks. 
Right, right, right. Um, but a big a big part of that, right, is uh, setting up original expectations with the people, uh, allegedly. And at that point, you know, if they're really not having fun because all they do is punch things good, uh, you can always have them respect their characters or make new characters and kind of write off their old ones. Um, don't be afraid to trade characters out. Just because you have a core group currently doesn't mean that group can't change to fit the style of campaign better. Um, but having at least one combat, you know, vice versa in either campaign really, really evens things out. Um, I think it's just important to, again, spotlight. Focus on giving them something that they get to do during uh, those roleplay-heavy sessions. Um, and even if it's not... Yeah not uh necessarily like maybe they as a player don't like to talk they're one of those quiet people and they literally just like rolling dice and hitting things um while the mage and wizards are off having talks and whatnot with the local lord again this is this is a whatever example you could have them go to like a local fight club or something like that you know what i mean for their in their their shopping session right they're not gonna buy anything because they have the perfect axe for murdering people already what do they need to go buy a wand for well in between rounds of the other guys doing whatever cutscene to them and let them do like a round of combat on a one-on-one fight or something um and that's how you do your rounds with that um so give them a small something that's easy for them to accomplish by themselves um, to where they can still feel like they are getting to do something, uh, and that will probably um, reduce the amount of BSRE they do. The other thing is talk to them. Maybe be like, hey, please don't do this. Or, I understand that you want to do more combat, but forcing the group into combat just so you can roll dice isn't very fair to everyone else. And again, most players are going to be like, oh, sorry, let me, I'll, I'll adjust fire or whatever. Um, you know, and if they become enough of a pain in the butt, you know, you politely ask them to leave the table. You know what I mean? Um, as a DM, we're responsible to everyone, um, which means sometimes we got to be mean to one person, even if we like him. Um, which we've, we've talked about that in, uh, one of our other podcasts, so I won't talk about it too much, but, uh, you know, there are rules at the table that need to be followed to keep everything civil. Uh, yeah, and we, we have, I actually already have replaced one player so i'm, I'm kind of trying to avoid doing it again but we'll see gotcha which you know what sometimes you just go through players and again uh maybe instead of replacing the whole player have them replace the character if they don't feel like their character fits in there let them make another one um that fits better you know what i mean because uh, again setting up the expectation to what they're trying for now on that note don't let them replace their super good combat character and then be like, all right, down to challenge all these roleplay players. All we're doing is combat. Suffer. Because uh, then they'll be really upset. Uh, <laughs> I've, I have, uh, I've done the opposite of that. And, uh, yeah, the campaign gets boring really fast when you go from, like, ah, super heavy combat to only roleplay. Wah-ha-ha-ha-ha. Your plus five weapons mean nothing, you losers. You can't talk your way out of a paper bag. Oh. <laughs> you remember the Rough Riders younger? Were you in that campaign? Um, no, I think the Rough Riders was the other group okay. that you were playing. Okay. Too funny. Anyway, Rocket, any questions, comments, concerns, final stories? Um, I mean, basically, last couple discussions covered what I was going to say was, you know, 
players and DMs both have a responsibility for everybody at the table. It's it's a game of fun for everyone. So, you know, focusing too much on one person, you know, makes it less fun for everybody else, but focusing on too much of a group, somebody might, you know, feel, be felt you know, left out. But, and then again, you know, you have those people that, you know, well, I'm just doing what my character would do. Well, your character's not an idiot. Yeah, they have a hot head and they are, you know, ill-tempered, but if you slap you know, a shopkeep in the middle of the town because he called you stupid. Cards are going to take over. You getting mad at the fact that the DM is making you have consequences for your actions means you need to step back. You need to take a look at everything. And then, you know, just because your player would do something doesn't mean that they're going to get away with it. This isn't Dragon Ball Z. You're not an anime character. You know, you have a responsibility to the table to make it fun for everybody else as well, not just the DM. That's, a, that's an excellent way to put that. That's really well said. Anything else? Sometimes it's good to just address it in front of, you know, at the table. Mm, yes. Yeah. Drop drop the like, hammer. Yeah. Hey, man. Like, <laughs> how, many, how many times has yeah, Pink Lightning been dropped like at the table? person table. Like, as if you have other, I don't know, a decent amount. I think three times in the last... Many? In the last... 15 years I've played, I've I've seen slash done Pink Lightning, which is everyone dies because everyone takes 100 D100. Uh, three times, right? Uh, it's the equivalent of Rocks Fall, people die. Kill everyone. Yeah, right. Sometimes Pink Lightning is for one person, but whatever. Oh, there's a rocket hammer. <laughs> Look, that... I don't know what you're talking about. The Rocket Hammer uh, made it into multiple campaigns, and I blame Reinhardt for that because I uh, I loved Overwatch a lot. That was my nickname in college. Reinhardt or Rocket Hammer? <laughs> Rocket Hammer. Oh man, that's... <laughs> I gotta hear that story later. Not on uh, stream. <laughs> Not on stream no. yet. Okay, that's that's the ongoing joke. Yeah, I'm the only one that understands that. All right, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna at the. So speaking of stream, we uh, we're getting we're almost at an hour, so I want to cut it off pretty quick. But dirt, you got anything for us? For I do my two minute spiel. Um, I was pretty much going to say uh, there's a lot I still need to work on. Um, I will say probably one of my biggest problems is that I when I try and bring up issues or stuff during the session, I tend to I I. I kind of get a lot of my emotions mixed because sometimes I'll say something a little bit frustrated, but I'll still have a smile on my face. And it's hard for me to especially relay that I'm, I'm both talking about a serious topic and kind of poking a bit fun at it because mm -hmm. I don't want to go super heavy into super serious. Okay. So but, this, this is a, well, I was, sorry, I was, continue. I'll, I'll let you finish. Continue on. I, I, I was going to bring up a uh, specific thing, but it's been covered by Iron Bull and Raka how players don't really seem to be fitting into what their character would do or how intelligent they are. I'm not going to go into the full story, but a good example of that was one of my players had a decanter of endless water. <laughs> he, <laughs> yes. he, was, he was within a desert town that was extremely poor. We're talking stacked slum city on top of each other, uh, shanty towers, just horrific living conditions. And he was sitting essentially in the middle of a open, sandy, I guess you call it town square, one of the roads, either way. And he began spraying the ground with water. 
from a decanter of endless water. And was very surprised when a crowd of dehydrated, incredibly thirsty people began to form around him and tried stealing the item from him. And we had to go into this long spiel of your character would absolutely understand why that is a bad idea. Just because you came from like this savage yet highly sophisticated. It's there's an entire set of issues there, but he has a lot of contradictions and contrivances with how his character operates. Um, another case is saying because he was a part of this warlike culture, his character specifically would know how to stop a seizure. There's a lot of cases where we've had to take several moments to take a step back and say, I'm sorry, but as things have gone, it doesn't quite make sense for your character to have these different knowledge sets when your character is specifically this. Kind of having to pull back the reins a little bit, but then again, I feel like I'm being an overburdening DM by cutting him off from doing things. Okay, so to answer I your... I say things like, well, medicine check. <laughs> and make the the check yeah. too oh, you high. make it you suck <laughs> you do do that um but as a as an experienced dm to answer your first topic right how to mix serious stuff with uh some fun or casualty uh is don't uh, if something is serious take your step back and say hey look this is serious say what you need to say and then be like all right you know what i mean what do you guys think or then you make a joke at the end of something okay right and finish your serious topic and make sure that's done and then go back into haha or start with aha and finish with serious whatever your easiest method of talking about stuff is um but let your players know like that something is important or if it is serious or if it is look this is gonna i'm gonna sound a little goofball because i want to keep it fun like preface what you're going to say before you say it just so people have an understanding of where you're at, right? Um, it's okay to be funny while you're talking about serious stuff, but you should be like, look, I'm going to say this ha-ha, but in all actuality, th- this is serious and we need to pay attention to it. Um, so for that that side of how to mix the two, just just be open with what you're talking about. It'll, it'll work out right. one way or the other. Uh, for the second bit, characters that are the I do everything or do stuff that makes no sense. So... Uh, your character is a spy that comes from spy people. That da, da 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 da. You know what I mean? But they're super honest. They can't tell a lie all of a sudden because they've never lied in their life. Um, oh hey, people are talking. Re- greeting, master of dragons and dungeons and or dragons. Nice. Hello, sir. You, you showed up right before we finished up. You're about to hear my spiel. Um, but the uh, sorry, lost where I was at. Uh, those characters, right? Younger's way of make a medicine check and just make the check like something that you know they can't get without hitting a critical uh, is a solution, but you can't make it the solution every single time to everything they do. Sometimes, roll with it. Um, you know what I mean? Oh, I should know how to do a medical thing. You should still make them do a check to see if they can successfully do it. Um, because sometimes it's not about having the knowledge, it's being able to apply it. So like, sure, maybe they know how to stop a seizure, uh, but when they're doing their quote-unquote medicine check... But were they ever trained on how to do it, or did they just read a book? Right. It's a lot different when well, put in practice. Or, you know, back in their hometown culture, they have a plant that grows everywhere. They need to have said certain plant, and their character doesn't have it. I mean, they're totally... You as a DM have to come up with an explanation for why they fail sometimes uh, to alleviate the feeling of, oh, my character's getting robbed. 
Because, in all honesty, unless you've written every single thing for the world you're playing in, like from top to bottom, and then there's nothing left open, which you should probably never do. Um, let <laughs> right, yeah, right. A, those players probably don't know everything that you know about your worlds. Or B, they don't need to. You know what I mean? They can interject and change because it's a uh, cooperative whatnot. Um, but to make those players that act like that, because there, there are plenty of them, unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, um, let them try or attempt or, like, you would be able to succeed except for you're missing this, this, and this. Right? Give them some kind of extraneous circumstance that would prevent them logically from being able to do so right and if they have some kind of great counter like oh actually i do have that i don't want my character sheet and they do for some silly reason because you're like you need a piece of coal and they have a piece of coal let it go through let it, let it happen uh worst comes the worst they they stop a dramatic moment from occurring or like a planned death and like oh man now i gotta stab him in the back with some random thug or something you know what i mean um, the burden of making stuff sound cool falls on you. Obviously, you know, we talked about sometimes you just got to talk to them and things like that so they're not upsetting the campaign too much. But that can always be done outside. Again, we've talked about this and other stuff, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, my, my, my suggestion, again, this is another one of my four billion plugs I'm doing tonight. Uh, go check out our earlier podcast, because we covered that pretty extensively at the beginning. I think episode... Three or four? It's like the same one with the snacks, I think. I don't remember. I have to I have to relook. We're up to like twenty two of these things and I don't remember all their titles yet. Um, I know I've only appeared twice before, so it's okay. you know whatever you've got. Right. Um but yeah, check them out. Um so Alright, time for the real pitch. Uh there's one more person who is on the Twitch Twitch. Uh Fingans. Fin Fing I know your real name, but uh, I, how do you pronounce your, your fake name? We're going to go Finzane. Finzane? Finzane. Finzane, you got anything for us? You have to watch Twitter, see if he replies. Make sure my thing doesn't turn off. Don't disconnect from chat right now. Okay, I'll come back to that later. I'm going to do my pitch, and if he says something, I'll throw it in afterwards, but whatever. Anyway, coming up. Uh... Obviously, we got our games next week. We are tentatively doing Starfinder next Friday instead of next Wednesday. Uh, it won't be on Wednesdays for the next couple months because we are going through a business accelerator course um, thingy at the, our local college for the next couple months. So we're super excited about that. But unfortunately, it's, of course, right during the time that we'll be playing. So to avoid any drama with mixing those two things, uh, we're moving the days. It might shift back and forth. We'll keep everyone updated, and it'll be in the events on the Discord uh, as they pop up. Um, our other big thing happening the 2nd of May is our one-year anniversary, or celebration, or whatever you want to call it, birthday. Uh, but we're turning one as a company, ding, and, we're, ding, 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 ding. and we're super excited about it. Um, we're doing an art contest, so if you are listening to this uh, and have people that are good with the the arts or if you are good at the arts or are terrible at the arts we need people to sign up for the start contest as of now we're doing small cash prizes the amounts haven't been determined because honestly it will depend on how many uh people show up and do things there's 32 whole spots so there's plenty of room for people to show up um i think only two or three have been filled so far so there's plenty of room as of now uh that obviously will change in the next couple weeks as we get closer to the big day 
Um, we got some surprises coming on the website. Um, they will be implemented on the second as well. And yeah, when we do all of our stuff, we'll talk about it then. Oh, we'll have other sessions and things before then or after then, whatever you want to say. So we'll talk about this a couple other times. Um, but with that, we're over the hour mark by a bit. So oh, long, long thing today. So I appreciate you guys all being here with us. Uh, thank you so much. I, uh, if you guys want to stick around and BS afterwards, that's cool. For those of you on Twitch, with adventure in mind, have a wonderful day, and we'll uh, hope you guys all have a good weekend. Bye! <coughs> Hello, yet again. I hope you enjoyed the goat there. Um, anyway, I hope you enjoyed tonight's session. Um, as per usual, I'm going to throw some pitches and schemes your guys' way as I talk about uh, at the end there. You know, we got stuff coming on the website, so please... Uh, keep an eye out for that May 2nd. Um, it'll be announced in the Discord. If you're not on the Discord, join the Discord. If you're on the Discord, thank you. I appreciate you. Um, like usual, if you're interested in becoming a subscriber and picking up a you know, $5 thing every week, every month, uh, I'm just going to say becoming a subscriber is going to be substantially more beneficial in the near future. So maybe pick it up while it's still $5. Wahahaha. Um, It'll always be $5 probably, but yeah, whatever. Um, anyway, I hope you all have a wonderful night. And uh, with adventure in mind, bye.